Welcome back. You are listening to Nate the Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to like and subscribe if you haven't already, and ring that notification bell in the upper right corner so you are notified each time we have a brand new episode go live on YouTube. And I'd like to welcome in my co-host, Modern Vintage Gamer, who has just celebrated his 49th birthday. Nate, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on, and thank you very much for those very kind birthday wishes. Much appreciated. Hopefully you were able to celebrate in grand Australian fashion. <laughs> I did. I uh, I was playing Kirby and Forgotten Land. <laughs> Had a fun time with that game. I'm really enjoying it. I'm trying to finish it before Switch Sports comes out, which is very, very soon. Yes. It's in the immediate future. We will be hopefully competing in some fun online bowling, soccer, or football, and volleyball and badminton tournaments <laughs> and tennis and a variety of fun will be had with that game when it comes out this week but we're gonna have more fun with this episode as nintendo was just hit with one of the biggest leaks that has hit them in quite some time mm. and unlike a database database breach this was a leak of different proportion this leak revealed that Nintendo's own internal teams at Nerd have been actively developing an emulator for the Game Boy Advance for Nintendo Switch Online. And we're going to discuss how this leak came to be, what the leak tells us about this emulator and Nintendo's active preparation for Game Boy Advance potentially coming to NSO, and much more. So this leak occurred about one week ago, and it definitely took a lot of people by, by surprise. It came out with a codename Sloop, which is a boat, and this fits other code names that Nintendo has assigned to other NSO platforms like Nintendo 64, which was codenamed Hovercraft. So Nintendo, for some reason, really likes the aquatics. And at first, there was definitely a bit of caution surrounding this leak because it's not very difficult to homebrew an emulator and pass it off, especially online as something that is legitimate. This was something that required further investigation and it was very quickly discovered that this was legitimate. People went through the code. They looked at the title. They looked through a lot of data to confirm that this was legit. And I know you spent a lot of time investigating this matter and you walked away convinced that this is the real deal. Yep, you're absolutely right, Nate. The emulator sloop that had leaked. When it first came out, I was following Twitter to see what was going on. And there was a lot of buzz around it, a lot of excitement. You know, what is this? What does it mean? What does it mean for the Switch Online? Is Game Boy Advance coming? Lots and lots of questions. I kind of took a little bit more time just for the dust to settle to really take a closer look. But my initial thought was this could be a a fake in that, not, not a fake as in it doesn't work, a fake in that it's being passed off as a Nintendo internally developed emulator. Simply for a couple of reasons. There were a couple of red flags that I had noticed the first one was, and it's, it's kind of well documented now, is the um, the section of the emulator where you can essentially export a save file to a flash, easy flash cartridge. 
which if anyone knows Nintendo and their history with uh, flash devices, like the Easy Flash and the R4i Gold, and Nintendo is very litigious and they've basically tried to shut down as many of these flash cartridges as possible over the years with some success and in other instances without success. But at the end of the day, having an image of a Easy Flash cartridge in a Nintendo developed emulator, even though it was developed by Nerd themselves, did give me some pause that is this actually a real thing or is this just a, you know, an elaborate kind of hoax? But I did come around over time to this being real based on information that some smart, uh, some smart people in the community had uncovered. But really, I guess, Nate, the, the smoking gun for me were, were two things. The first one was the commit history or the logs, which is basically just the developer log saying these are the changes that have been brought in to the release over a, a period of time. And the timeline was from 2020. And this information, although it could be faked as well, it was really specific enough for me to say, why would someone sit here and and fake commit messages, you know, in this emulator? At that point, it's just easier just to not even add that file into the leak itself, right? Just completely omit it. So in the end, I was just like, no, this this is legit, and you know it took a few days to kind of uncover that, but yeah, this is this is definitely the real deal. I mean, what's curious about this is really how did something like this leak? This is something that has to come from a dev kit. This mm-hmm. wasn't a situation of a database being breached and the files being stolen through, you know, a right piracy attack this was something that came off a physical unit yes that developers would traditionally have in their workstations or offices so for something like this to leak isn't common in this field this is something that is usually under heavy right. security here's the thing right like the when when was this thing? When is the date of this emulator? It was in twenty twenty, but what was the kind of the the date? Was it? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not exactly I sure. I, think, I believe it was like August. Yeah, I think it was. So let's let's think back to August of twenty twenty. So we're we're in the middle of COVID at this point. You know, the, mm-hmm. at this point in August of twenty twenty, pretty much the entire world is in lockdown. And if we think about what's going on over in Europe in in August of 2020, they were probably at that really, they they were at the kind of the the peak of of COVID, really just kind of decimating through Europe at that time, right? So there's a pretty good chance that most most people were working from home. And Mm -hmm. a switch dev kit is essentially the same as a retail system as far as the way it looks, and what you can do with one. It is, for all intents and purposes, it's a switch dev kit. Uh, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's a retail switch as far as the weight and the size and the look and everything. Yes. So what was probably happening was developers were working the remote, taking their switch dev kits home and just working from home. Now, it's not unreasonable to suggest that during this time when it was fully remote, that someone worked at Nerd, had left the company or had resigned, taken 
the emulator off of their dev kit, wiped their dev kit clean, and then turned in their dev kit as you know, as what you normally do at the end of your your um, duration or employment at a company that works, you know, with with development kits, mm-hmm. and sat on it for a while. You know, sat on it for a couple of years, maybe, and then said, "Oh, I, I have this this thing which is really cool. I'm going to leak this on 4chan." I could I could definitely see something like that happening, and I think that's. I'm not saying that's how how it all went down, but having that that smoke screen of of you know remote work plus because no one can really track what you're doing remotely. I mean, unless you know they're tracking your keystrokes on on your computer, but even then, you know you don't <laughs> need to be on your work computer to connect a dev kit to it. Like there's there's many different ways you can just pull something off a dev kit. So in the end, that's what I think has probably happened. It was. An ex-employee of the company took this thing and, uh, you know, basically leaked it out. And there's definitely reason to believe that could be the case because as was discovered this week, back in April of 2021, there was online maintenance for an unknown title. Mm-hmm. Now, back in 2021, when this maintenance occurred for around four hours, because the title is just a numerical value. It was ignored. It was, well, this is just an unannounced game. Right. And there's no way of telling what the title would be. You can't, if you would have put in that code, it would have just came up in Nintendo's web store as nothing. So it was ignored until now. Right. And it ended up that that title numeric value matches that of Sloop, Mm -hmm. which means this was updated last April. And the build that leaked was, as we mentioned, from August of 2020 suggesting that it was outdated. So this had to be dumped pre the 2021 update. That's what I'm thinking as well. It, it, it's something that has been set on for a while. You know, it wasn't something that was just leaked as is, mm-hmm. you know, it was taken off the dev kit like a week ago and, and released onto 4chan type of thing. I feel like whoever was sitting on this was sitting on this for a while and then they decided to do so because yes the the maintenance from last year does kind of shed some not some like interesting light on this but it tells us that this thing is still in play or at least for a year ago was still in play and mm-hmm. one of the one of the conclusions that i came up with when i made my video was maybe this was a a test that nerd had built in a vacuum where it really wasn't intended for anything else other than maybe some internal testing, I'll say. But that was before, you know, we saw this maintenance that had happened a year ago, which means that this thing is still alive. At least we we believe it still is, right? So now mm-hmm. I guess, you know, there are questions about, well, what does this mean? And I guess we can we can kind of go into that. Yeah, I mean, if we just look at this in a vacuum, the leak itself, it's really hard to distinguish what it means. Because is, as yeah. you just foreshadowed, these companies, especially Nerd, they're always actively working on new means of emulation, new ideas. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's something that will ever come to market. Now, we could still view this in that way, that this was just them doing some background testing with maybe the intent to one day bring Game Boy Advance to NSO. or maybe. You know, another product like a Game Boy Advance Micro, like we saw with the Super NES and NES Classic systems. Mm -hmm. 
that's also not out of that realm of possibility because, again, they were just testing an emulator. Now you could say, well, it was on the Switch. So obviously they're testing it for Switch hardware. Yes, you'd be correct. And when you want to look at it as a bigger picture and you look at it with this update, it would appear that Game Boy Advance is something that they are actively pursuing to bring to NSO. And as we talked about last year, last summer, I had heard that Game Boy and Game Boy Color were in the pipeline for Nintendo Switch Online services. The leak corroborates that. That was also in the leak just to a smaller degree. There was only a handful of Game Boy and Game Boy Color titles mentioned. And that emulator really wasn't the focus. The focus was all about Sloop. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it does feel as though this may be something that is just beyond the horizon. Right. That Game Boy Advance could be introduced to NSO. And the fact that this was being maintenanced as recently as last April, I would say does suggest that. But I do have a slight hesitation as to whether or not it is in the immediate future, because from what we can tell, it hasn't received an update since 2021. Yeah, that's true, as well as the fact that even though we've only seen what was going on in 2020, it's very hard to gauge where this thing is Mm -hmm. at. So, for example... What we saw from the leak was the, I think it was like the 0.7 version. And basically it was just a test. You know, it was it was testing the emulation capabilities of, I want to say, a select bunch of games that I don't think have any bearing on the NSO at all. I think the games that are in the leak itself, games like, mm-hmm. Metroid Fusion and Golden Sun and Castlevania Aria of Sorrow is a great, great example because we we already know that that exists on another collection. Mm -hmm. And really the intent here was to just test the different bugs in the system, test out the features of the emulation, making sure that things like the transparency effects are working, making sure that the sound is working. There are two-player scenarios as well where – there is matchmaking in some of the games. There's also, I believe there's like link cable access as well in in, in some stuff. There's, uh, I think, you know, Pokemon had something about matchmaking and, 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 and high score saves, all sorts of different scenarios for testing. And mm-hmm. I think what I really took away from this was, yeah, they are actively working on Game Boy Advance. That is without question. There's probably a good chance that we'll see this on the NSO at some point. But we can't really determine when that will be and what that will entail as far as the games. Like, I think the games that we've that have kind of leaked out of this that people are talking about. I mean, sure, there may be some that that make the list on NSO because they are Nintendo first party games. But mm-hmm. I don't think you can take this list and say this is the definitive list that we'll see on the NSO um, when, if and when that happens at a later date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree with you there is that the reason that they tested all these games, as you mentioned, is because they have different connectivity and compatibility issues. Mm -hmm. And they want to see that this emulator will work for everything in that Game Boy Advance catalog. They want to make sure that if there is a title that they want on the service that a third party or Nintendo's own internal studio had developed, it will work. And 
this is great testing. They really did their job here. Mm -hmm. Because when we look at N64, it launched in a rough state. It has since evolved and improved. But when we look at the Game Boy Advance emulator, as far as the leaked version, they were doing a wide variety of testing. Yeah. They want to make sure the saturation and the colors are accurately depicted. They want to correct the color. They want to make sure the experience that we're getting with these games is at the pinnacle of performance. And we're not going to get a subpar or oversaturated version of Super Mario World or Golden Sun. And as you mentioned, the version of the leaked back in 2020 was 0.7. Mm-hmm. Now, some will say, well, that's not too far off from one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends. I mean, it depends on how they increment their version numbers, right? Like it could be 0.71 and 0.72 and 0.73. <laughs> we, we don't really know what what you know what steps they are incrementing their builds. I mean, let's let's assume that last year's version from from the maintenance was like 0.9. That still doesn't imply that you know when they hit 0.1 or 1.0 that it's going to release any time, you know, for mm-hmm. the NSO. I, I, like I said, I, I do think that this is not a coincidence that, look, they are working on this for a specific reason. I think having GBA up their sleeve as an emulator, something that they can introduce, whether that is via the Switch Online or, look, there, there could be other possibilities. You know, another option is, you know, they bundle the Metroid GBA games with a collection or something. You know, there's there's so many different things you can consider here. We we mm-hmm. suspect it's NSO, and it most likely will be, given the fact that NSO is the place where Nintendo is offering these games. And you know, Game Boy and Game Boy Color most likely will come to the the NSO as well. But yeah, I mean, really looking at this, you know, it's very hard to make conclusions on. A when and and where we'll see this, other than the fact that we we feel pretty confident that this is coming, you know. Yes, and that's see that's the curious thing about it is again when we just view this the leak in the vacuum, there is no indicator as to when this could be introduced officially. There simply isn't enough information in the leaked build, and even the state of the. Build itself. This wasn't anywhere near finished. Right. This was a very rudimentary yeah. state of what this emulator can do, some of the features they were exploring, and some of the intent that they were hoping to achieve with the emulator and the games that they would hope to bring to it, be it wireless trading for the Pokemon games and all those other type of features that may have only been possible via a link cable mm-hmm. that they were looking to rectify and make active in a non-link cable world so it was really them covering all the bases and you know without having direct access to the emulator itself we can't explore these options and see how far they truly got with these features and if they were still just in preliminary testing if it felt fully fledged out it's hard to tell just based on the information that has been leaked publicly up to this point and it is curious to really gauge whether or not is would this be something that Nintendo could potentially introduce later this summer for NSO. And when I look at NSO, I look at NES and Super NES. 
these systems have only gotten a handful of updates or new games since last summer. Well, we went a span of six months. Yeah. Well, nothing. Let's let's explore that for a sec. Do you think it's because they're running out? Because SNES, right? Look, there's a big catalog, but mm-hmm. there's, there's probably many publishers that have opted to do it themselves because there are a lot of games in retro releases that that run SNES and NES emulators. Mm-hmm. So do you think maybe they're just, you know, only adding a handful of games every month or whatever because they don't really have much else to kind of add for those systems? Mm. Or do you think they're just being lazy and, and not really, you know, <laughs> giving it the respect that it deserves, I would say? I mean, it's really tough to accurately gauge what is happening with the NES and Super NES NSO base tier. Because when we look at N64 and Genesis, those updates have been pretty regular. Every month, we're getting a new N64 game, and they announce it weeks in advance. True, but eventually N64 is going to run dry as well. I mean, yes. What's, I mean, I'm, you know, that only has a limited kind of lifespan as far as what they can they can give us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe the leak database suggested in the area of about 30, 36 games. So we'd be looking at three years worth of games. Now, do you think Nintendo is going to delist games from the NSO? Or do you think they're just going to continue to add to the NSO? For the immediate future, for I would say the duration of this generation, I would say every game that's on there now will remain listed because I'm sure that's how Nintendo negotiated the licensing Mm -hmm. with any third parties who are participating in it. Now, moving forward into a new generation, and I'm talking, you know, 2026 and beyond, it would probably be a case of where new deals would have to be negotiated and titles could potentially be dropped from the service because unlike the virtual console, publishers aren't getting paid per download right this is a situation where nintendo approached capcom you know sega for the genesis and said we're willing to give you x amount of money to be on this service it's like the game pass model right yes yeah you pay you get paid a flat fee Mm -hmm. and your game ends up on the service yeah for x amount of time this is how much we're willing to give you Mm -hmm. and it's up for that publisher to say yeah that sounds like a good deal to us right And that's kind of where I look at those NES and Super NES games. And I do wonder if they are running out of third-party partner software to put on the services. Because when you think of NES and Super NES and some of those classics, those games have to be more valuable to studios like Capcom, especially with the Mega Man series, where we have seen the Mega Man collection, you know, time and time again. Or even Konami, where you have some of those classic games where they can say, we can release our own collection too. And we've seen it with the Contra collection. So at some point you're going to run out of third party partnered content. And I think that's where Game Boy and Game Boy Color could potentially be slotted into place. Be introduced as the NSO base tier. And you promise those subscribers a new content from that. And then Game Boy Advance, you would have to position as, you know, part of the expansion pack. Mm-hmm. My only hesitation with Game Boy Advance coming to the expansion pack this year is that it's only been a year since N64 and Genesis were introduced. Right, right. We'll be back after a quick break. 
Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you have, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Yeah, I, I I think I think so. You know, I mean, I think you know September is what people are saying. Maybe we'll get mm-hmm. an update and we'll see Game Boy and Game Boy Color get added. Mm-hmm. But you're right; it's only been a year. N64 seems like it's doing well for them. You know, adding one game a month. The last being Mario Golf, which was really really good, by the way. I feel like they've kind of hit their stride with this. But it is interesting to to kind of predict when we think we'll start to see these things. Um, I couldn't really say. I, I think maybe we will see Game Boy and Game Boy Color later this year. But I, I also will say I don't really, you know, I'm just kind of speculating. I don't really know if that's if that's accurate. It it feels like it, you know they could add that and add, add that as a nice value add because Nintendo does need to continue to to update the NSO service. No, no mm-hmm. question about it, especially if they're not offering anything else for SNES and NES, which I can only assume has to do with existing licensing and stuff. Because why haven't we seen like little Samson on the on the NSO? One of the most <laughs> expensive games for the NES. You know, Mighty Final Fight and Load Runner, Lunar Pool, you know, all those games that uh, are quite expensive, but they're great games for the NES. Same same applies for the Super NES. There are some really kind of rare games that would be great on the service. Mm-hmm. And I can only assume it has to do with, you know, they can't figure out who owns these games anymore. Like who owns Little Samson? You know, Nintendo's probably tried to figure that out and and they've just come up blank and, and they're like, <laughs> well, we can't do anything about this. So, yeah, having Game Boy, possibly Game Boy Advance, I think is is the next kind of logical step. However... I have a question for you, Nate, and that is, mm-hmm. why did N64 come out before Game Boy and Game Boy Color? We know Game Boy and Game Boy Color has been a thing, <laughs> and and this this leak, we saw what we saw with Yoko, really just confirms that they've been working on this the whole time. So, why do you think we saw N64 before Game Boy? Do you think it was really just they really wanted to push that premium tier because they couldn't really offer that with Game Boy and Game Boy Color, maybe? That is a great question because the timing of the release has baffled me since last year. Mm-hmm. And to my understanding, Game Boy and Game Boy Color finished full testing around this time last year. N64 didn't finish testing until closer to June. And then it was immediately introduced just a few months later. Right. While Nintendo sat on Game Boy and Game Boy Color. Now, the only reason I can even fathom that they decided to wait is that they wanted to introduce that expansion pack and they knew we're going to get subscribers. This is a higher priced tier. We have to make this compelling. 
And we don't want to we don't want to introduce too much all at once, because if they had come out last year and said, we're adding Game Boy and Game Boy Color to the base tier and we're going to introduce this new expansion tier with N64 and Genesis games. It's like that's a lot of information, a lot of new platforms all in a single announcement. Like you're overloading us a bit. Like, what are we getting with which ones? Right. Let's simplify it. We're just going to introduce the expansion tier with these two new platforms. This is what the expansion pack is. And this is how it's going to function in, you know, alongside the base. Mm -hmm. But the fact that Game Boy and Game Boy Color has been done for this long of a time and not been introduced to the service has definitely been a confusing ordeal for me. Yeah. And that's where it feels as though the time is right for Game Boy and Game Boy Color. Absolutely. That is something I do anticipate will be announced. Do you think it's this year? September? With the kind of the anniversary? I mean, that's when we typically have seen the NSO updates and such be announced is September. The expansion pack didn't launch until October, but it was announced in September. September, Yeah. And that's when a lot of those renewals would lapse or be up for a resubscription. And that's where I think Game Boy and Game Boy Color will come into play this year is that base tier NSO hasn't gotten a lot of support. Their focus, if you look over the last few months, has been on the expansion pack as they just did with Splatoon 2's DLC. That's now been added to NSO if you're an expansion pack member. They continue to add value to the expansion pack. But if you're a base tier subscriber, right. what are you getting right now? Yeah. You got Earthbound. Yep. <laughs> People love and Earthbound. I, People do love Earthbound, but they haven't given you anything substantial in several months. And prior to Earthbound, the only other update was last September. Mm -hmm. You went six months without new additions. Yeah. So what would be better than be it at a June Direct or maybe even a September Direct for Nintendo to come out and say, NSO for $20 a year, you're now going to get access to these Game Boy and Game Boy Color games, which, you know, there's a few gems across the, that line of products. And then if they really wanted to, you could introduce Game Boy Advance for the expansion pass. Mm-hmm. I'm just a little hesitant as whether or not it would be this year, the introduction of Game Boy Advance alongside Game Boy and Game Boy Color. Well, let me let's. Let's hold that thought for a second. Let me ask you this question. Were you surprised when this leak happened as far as Game Boy Advance? Because I will tell you, I had no idea this was happening. I always suggested and felt like Game Boy Advance was never a part of Nintendo's plans <laughs> for... And look, it's still, and it still may be the case that this doesn't end up on the NSO. This could be for something else, but let's assume that it is. Were you surprised to see Game Boy Advance get leaked out? Because I was absolutely 100% surprised. I was surprised to see it leaked out in the form that it did. Mm -hmm. And mostly how far along it was in development in terms of the emulator. When did the the NSO start? What year was it? Was it 2019? So this emulator start, well, we believe it started its development in 2019. So if we're 
if we let to believe that, then Game Boy Advance started its its dev when the NSO was kind of being spun up by Nintendo. Mm-hmm. With that in mind, it feels like that Game Boy Advance has always been a part of their plans for the NSO based yes. on the timing. Yeah. So with that in with that said, let's go back to the question when do we think this is going to come out? I I couldn't tell you. I th- the, it maybe there's a chance that it comes out this year, but we really don't know what what that will entail when that will be. It's possible that you know it does make it this year, but they're also they need to get through that N64 list. Um, the Genesis stuff is being added at a pretty regular clip as well, and it's getting mm-hmm. some really good updates. So I wonder if they're going to kind of wait and hold this up their sleeve when the N64 well starts to dry up a little bit, then they kind of introduce this. And I don't know when when that would be, but, you know, what do you think about the timing around Game Boy Advance? And do you, I mean, you already suggested that you think it's coming to the NSO. When do you think, when do you think that will be as far as what you think? I mean, if Game Boy Advance... The earliest would be this year. The only thing that I would then question to myself is, would it be part of the expansion pack or would Nintendo potentially add it to the base along with Game Boy and Game Boy Color? Mm -hmm. Because again, as we kind of alluded to, if if the NES and Super NES on NSO are beginning to wane in terms of releases, Nintendo needs a replacement. And Game Boy and Game Boy Color on their own wouldn't be enough to satiate those individuals who really like that generation of gaming. Right. Game Boy Advance would really provide that extra meat to make the base subscription still enticing in offerings in terms of software. But you could still view Game Boy Advance as kind of that upper echelon in terms of the Game Boy family where you would throw that on the expansion pack and get that premium subscription to get more money from people it really comes down to how nintendo wants to play their cards with these systems yeah and you know if i operate under the conditions that the entire game boy line so game boy through advance are just added to the base tier i think this year makes sense if game boy advance is to be included in the expansion tier i would push that a little further out to maybe even next year that's what I when think. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I, I think they're going to hold this probably till next year before we see it. I, I think that would make sense if that's how they decide to play out the rollout. It's really difficult to say how they would position this, you know, these pieces of hardware on the NSO service. And one thing that will be interesting with Game Boy and Game Boy Color is that one thing that we did see in the leak is that Nintendo has been actively experimenting with the transfer pack. Mm -hmm. Now, the transfer pack is an obscure piece of hardware that really didn't get much utilization for the N64 and Game Boy. You probably have heard of it, and if you have heard of it, it's likely due to one specific game. Now, it was reported earlier this month, as Emily Rogers cited a tweet she did last summer, 
where she had heard that Nintendo was actively testing transfer pack functionality for NSO. Now, this is something I have also heard myself. And when you look at the compatible software for the transfer pack, <laughs> it is very few titles. What are, what are so they? For, well, two of the games that actually have transfer pack is Mario Golf yep. and Mario Tennis. Yep. Now, those are currently on NSO. And ironically, Mario Golf is actually missing some content from the game that <laughs> Nintendo intentionally omitted. <laughs> so there's, I'm looking now, there's Mario Artist, Mario Golf, Mario Tennis, <laughs> Mickey's Speedway, Perfect, game. Perfect Dark, Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Stadium 2, Puyo Puyo N Party. <laughs> Yeah, Puyo Puyo Party. Super Robot Tazen 64 and Transform- Transformers Beast Wars 64. Yeah, you get to unlock <laughs> Megatron X. <laughs> but yeah, not a lot of games use this. And having Mario Golf and Mario Tennis already on NSO would suggest to me that Game Boy and Game Boy Color are NSO bound somewhere in the immediate future yeah but at the same time if i'm nintendo wouldn't you almost want to hold these games back until you had the game boy on nso to kind of make them a big release like hey you get to use the transfer pack functionality you get to unlock you know these the characters and stuff but at the same time you've had your fun with mario golf and tennis on n64 nso right now so now when we bring the Game Boy version over, you're going to play those versions. You're going to, you know, fiddle around with your avatar. You're going to unlock some content. And they'll update the N64 game and allow that functionality. Now, Pokemon Stadium is a title that Emily specifically mentions as one of the titles that Nintendo has been testing. And now that's exciting for, well, two reasons. Pokemon Stadium is a title that is just a pure nostalgia trip. Mm-hmm. This was That was the first time we got to see Pokemon in 3D. You were able to take your Pokemon that you were playing on your Game Boy, put them in the transfer pack, and fight in 3D, have Charizard shoot Blastoise with actual fire. And it was cool. But the bigger deal is that this would mean the Game Boy lineup on NSO would have to include the mainline Pokemon games. True. Yeah. That's pretty big. Yeah. When you look at the Game Boy lineup, there's definitely gems in there. Donkey Kong 94, Metal Gear Solid, Ghost of Babel. But the Pokemon games, that's what excites people. Being able to play Pokemon Yellow, Red, and Blue. And if you have those included on the base tier NSO... That would drive subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely would. And I think that's definitely a smart marketing tactic. And, yeah, I mean, if Emily Rogers is saying that, you know, she's she's got info on it and you've heard stuff as well, I mean, it just gives more kind of fuel to the fire that they are looking to include this. And and having that, that functionality to utilize the transfer pack, even though there's only a handful of, handful of titles, but those titles are pretty specific as well and being able to do that i think is definitely a big selling point for the nso 
Yeah, and I think you're right, Nate. I mean, I think the base tier NSO is feeling a little stale right now, and Nintendo mm-hmm. knows that. And and by injecting Game Boy and Game Boy Color at that tier, I think is definitely a smart move, and and it makes a lot of sense. You know, it will definitely bring new people on onto the NSO service, and then really, you know, having them have, dangling that carrot that hey, by the way, you can upload or upgrade to premium for an extra $30, you know, is a really good selling point. And I I think that's definitely something that is a part of their plans, offering Game Boy and Game Boy Color, having having those hooks into some of those transfer pack games, having that communication between between those games would would really, you know, be kind of the next Mm -hmm. iteration of this service, which I mean, look, let's be honest, it's 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 pretty good, especially now things are things have progressed well. I mean, when we talked about the N sixty four stuff when it first came out, we were we weren't so kind. Things have definitely gotten <laughs> a lot better. And by injecting GB and GBC into this really would make it a quite compelling service or a nice value add, depending on mm-hmm. who you are. And I think a lot of a pe- lot more people would jump on board if if we got Game Boy, Game Boy Color with the Pokemon games, that would be that would be pretty huge, actually. And that's the genius of the transfer pack. Because let's just say you have that base tier subscription. The Pokemon games were, you know, a meaningful memory to you. You're playing Pokemon Yellow. You got your Pikachu. He's talking to you. You got him strong. You're having a lot of fun. Now Nintendo announces Pokemon Stadium is coming to N64 NSO. Right. You're going to be looking at that saying, wow, I would love to play that with my friends. Keep in mind now, Pokemon Stadium would have online battles. Yeah. Yep. So all of a sudden, that's sounding, that's a really enticing offer of, you know, I'm going to have to upgrade because I want to fight. I want to fight MVG and kick his Blastoise's ass with my Pikachu. And now you can do that. Or even with, you know, Mario Golf and Mario Tennis. I mean, Mario Golf on the Game Boy has the RPG mode. Oh, it's excellent. I, 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 say, it's, I say it's the best Mario Golf game out of all It is. Of it is. I love it. And now you're going like, to play that game, and you're like, yeah. Like, I remember unlocking cool stuff in Mario Golf on the N64. I'm going to have to upgrade my NSO so I can do those up, so I can get all that new content. This almost feels as though... This is how NSO should have launched <laughs> right? with these types of features where you could see them build on each other and connect with previous generations. And this is actually pretty intuitive of Nintendo mm-hmm. to be able to use the transfer pack and this type of functionality with games and communications. It's almost more than you would anticipate from them. Yeah. I mean, they've definitely got... They definitely got the skills to do it. Nerd obviously is very good at this stuff, and yeah, I mean, again, you know, we we expect we expect something to come out of this leak, not not just you know Game Boy and Game Boy Color. We expect more. We we expect to see more. Based on what we've seen with Sloop, you know, mm-hmm. they are testing link link cable support. They are testing matchmaking. So you know, having the transfer pack functionality. Makes a lot of sense to me. You know, we didn't, we can't really tell what was going on with Game Boy because only 
a very very small amount was was leaked on the Game Boy side. Mm-hmm. So it's it's still you know we're still making guesses I guess at some point, but ultimately yeah it, it's something that I, I think Nintendo is really going to double down on you know in the coming months with with the NSO service. Now I'm only going to bring this up because I know. It's going to be a question in the comment section or future Streamlabs. And I hate to bring it up. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) Should I be scared? Yes, you should. (laughs) I know people are going to make mention of, what about GameCube? Oh, God. Okay. Can we put this to bed right now, Nate? Let's let's put this to bed. I will say, first of all, I will say that I didn't think Game Boy Advance was part of Nintendo's plans. And here we are. Clearly, I was wrong, <laughs> right? But with GameCube, I don't believe that GameCube is a part of the NSO plans. Even though we know that there is an emulator that does exist for the GameCube, because we've seen Mario Sunshine running on Mario 3D All-Stars collection, that particular emulator was heavily modified to run Mario Sunshine. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say that Nerd couldn't heavily modify the emulator and offer X number of GameCube games on the NSO service, but we're getting dangerously close to that point where we're not talking about a emulated game anymore. We're talking about a game that needs some texture updates, some remastering, if you will. And I don't think that it is a part of the NSO's plans. I don't think GameCube is a part of the plans. I could be wrong, but I feel pretty strongly that what we'll see on the NSO service won't be GameCube, at least at this time. I I think it, it really just sits outside of what the NSO is all about. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? As you mentioned with Sunshine, and that would definitely be a reference that people would point to as, look, it can happen. Sunshine's being emulated. Mm-hmm. And the flaw with using Mario Sunshine as an example is that it ignores the amount of work that went into getting Sunshine to run on the Switch. It required a lot of Switch-specific optimizations. And in many ways, as you alluded to, Sunshine gets close to that remastered territory where it's not just pure emulation. It's a step beyond that. And when you look at the GameCube generation, we've seen studios like Aspire go to that GameCube or even that Wii generation where they're HDing select titles. Nintendo to some extent, has gone back to that generation. We have Sunshine as being their prime example. You have the Metroid Prime Remaster, which is expected to come out this year. They've already HD'd Wind Waker. Mm -hmm. And when you really start to compile some of the titles that have already been touched from that GameCube generation, you kind of wonder, would it even be worth Nintendo pursuing an NSO emulation standpoint because wouldn't you you'd want native releases on your modern hardware right for those remaining titles like if you were to do f-zero gx remaster it i want that game in hd yes 
at 60 frames a second in all its glory. I don't want to go back to 480p. Yeah, you don't want to be using lockstep multiplayer. You want proper multiplayer, mm-hmm. proper HD, 60 FPS, widescreen, gyro controls, you know, the whole nine yards. Everything that the Switch is good at doing, you want kind of incorporated into a mm-hmm. modern update. And it's not like a, it's not a situation of the Switch cannot emulate GameCube games. It's just the amount of work that would be required to make sure that all of these games could function proper. Yes. Would be a lot of effort. And I think that effort would be better suited just towards native remasters than to bring them to NSO. And frankly, there's a lot of value in those GameCube and even Wii era games. Mm hmm where you could easily HD them and charge $50, $60 for a re-release, not to give it to you for $50 a year. Right. So it's more a matter of business than technical yeah. roadblocks. I, I don't see it happening. I mean, what else could they add to the NSO? There are third parties they could add, TurboGrafx-16 or PC Engine. They could do Game Dreamcast. and Watch. They could do Dreamcast. They could do Game and Watch. <laughs> they could do Virtual Boy. I mean, th- there are different possibilities. They could potentially add a limited set of DS games on there, uh, but even that is getting complicated because of the dual screens that they have to figure out. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't think GameCube is a part of their plans. I think GameCube is really more for the remastering of of these older games. That that's where that sits. Yeah, I think that's where NSO really can shine is that when it's more so about the legacy software from the NES, Super NES, N64, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, especially at that low price, that's where it feels viable. Mm-hmm. Once you get into that GameCube generation, the price either has to go substantially up for NSO or it's just the work Nintendo has to invest in those titles. Yeah, I would say- It's going to be far more grand. I, I would say if GameCube does ever happen, there's a third tier. Yes. Which would be very interesting in the way that Nintendo would market that. But, <laughs> you know, maybe they have five really good GameCube games and offer that as kind of the the third tier. But yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't but, see it on the current tier at, at $50. Like it's not an impossibility. It just feels as though it's more valuable to Nintendo to revisit these games and give them true HD treatment and charge you yes. full price. There's a lot of value in those type of re-releases. And we've seen these from Capcom and Square, Sony and Microsoft. Nintendo dabbled a bit in it with the Wii U generation where we saw Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. Again, those are titles from the GameCube Mm -hmm. that have already been HD'd. So that's just more software from that generation that we've already seen HD'd and Nintendo had success selling as a full price game elsewhere. But I wouldn't dismiss it as a full out possibility. If Nintendo wants it and they will it, they can make it happen. But it's definitely nothing that I would foresee in the immediate future right now. My eyes are set on Game Boy and Game Boy Color as definite introductions to NSO this year. I would say they're a lock for this year, Nate. 
Game Boy Advance is the only one I'm not willing to put the lock on just yet. Right. It depends on the tier that they decide to place it within. Yeah, I, I agree. Do you think there's any possibility that Nintendo has seen? I mean, Nintendo knows about the leak, let's be honest. And <laughs> basically just shelved their plans for a while and said, we're not going to do anything for a while. I don't think they would shelve their plans due to the leak. They're definitely frustrated. And. They might be sitting there saying, well, how are we going to market this now? This isn't going to have that surprise factor that we wanted when we wanted to introduce Game Boy Advance alongside Game Boy and Game Boy Color. I mean, it, it would again come down to when when were these going to be introduced for the service? If Game Boy Advance, let's just say hypothetically, was still another year off. Mm -hmm. It might fall from gamer mind. You know, gamers have short memories. Sure. So yep. when they would be ready to reintroduce this next summer. You kind of be like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. This looks great. If it was later this summer and it is positioned well, let's say it is part of that base tier, I think there'd be some excitement because having three generations of Game Boy being added to a single tier. Yes, I said three generations of Game Boy. Trigger warning. <laughs> 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 I think that would excite some people. I mean, there's just gems in Tetris, Donkey Kong, the Pokemon games. That's going to get people excited. Yeah. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how Nintendo really plays the situation now. I don't think there's really been much excitement lost. I think it's actually built up some excitement because people are now eagerly anticipating being able to play Golden Sun sure. and on their you, Switch. You know, and here's the other thing, like we've we talked about Game Boy and Game Boy Color last year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if I'm correct, Nate, I think some art, some news outlets kind of quoted the Nate the Hate show as well, right? That the Game Boy yes. was a thing. I think, you know, these types of leaks really just kind of corroborate some of this information. You know, that these things mm -hmm. do exist. And it's really, yes. we still don't really know when things will happen, but it just kind of shows us that, yes, you know, these things are part of Nintendo's plans. You know, the, the, the things that that you said weren't just, you know, throwing darts at a dartboard. I mean, this is based on, on information. And that mm -hmm. information, you know, unfortunately for Nintendo was, was leaked out, but it just kind of corroborates that information that, that we've been talking about in the past. Yeah, and like, as mentioned earlier, when it was discussed last year, it was, you know, Game Boy and Game Boy Color had finished testing. Yeah. When you're done, it would seem logical that this means you're coming to market. The fact that they have sat on it for over a year, that's strategic. That's intentional. Yes. They were waiting for something. Maybe it was Game Boy Advance. Maybe it was the N64 lineup to mature to the point where they had the transfer pack compatible games. Mm -hmm ready for release or already released. And maybe they were still just testing the transfer pack compatibility to make sure they had it perfect. Right. But they held Game Boy and Game Boy Color back for some specific reason. And if it was for Game Boy Advance to launch alongside of it, mm -hmm. I think people would welcome it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. And I, uh, I can't wait. You know, I'm, I'm pretty excited about, what we'll see from this because it's only going to be um, some really good stuff here, I think, you know, based on mm -hmm. what we've seen. And 
I'm very much looking forward to, you know, later on this year, I would say, when when we start to see, you know, the fruits of these labors that, that Nerd's mm-hmm. been working on over the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been very interesting to watch NSO evolve. Mm-hmm. Because it went from here's $20, we're really not giving you that much, to now we're offering an expansion pack with right. shoddy N64 emulation, <laughs> but fantastic Genesis emulation, yep. to N64 actually becoming a quality service and NSO continually adding value to itself with the Animal Crossing expand DLC, Mario Kart's DLC, now the Splatoon 2 DLC. And that's going to further evolve and grow as more and more titles with multiplayer functionality launch on the Switch. So it just feels as though it's inevitable that Splatoon 3 DLC would be added to the service. And I've seen some people say, oh, will Smash ever add the DLC to the service? No, because that would be a licensing nightmare for any of the third-party characters. Now Nintendo could offer their own game, their own titles characters to the service like min min and such but we're seeing nintendo grow that value and make nso a viable subscription service Mm -hmm. and adding game boy and game boy color and eventually game boy advance is only going to further that so nintendo's doing well they had that rough launch the infancy of the service was definitely harsh you know we were new parents to this infant and it cried a lot, mm-hmm. but now it's maturing. It's walking on its own and it's beginning to run. Yeah. I agree. And I can't wait to see what it's going to look like in just a few more months. If Game Boy, you know, the Game Boy line is introduced to NSO. We can go to some of the Streamlabs questions this week. And our first question comes from cool dude, super noob who donated a dollar and writes, does the job listing found in regards to Bandai Namco remastering a game for Nintendo mean Lost Reavers 2.0 NSO edition is coming to Switch at any point? And if not, why not? It's a, it's a sorely missing Wii U port as much as Devil's Third is right now. What? Devil's Third? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody is missing. No one's Devil's missing Third. Third. And I'm pretty sure 99% <laughs> of the gaming population doesn't know what Lost Reavers is. <laughs> so that's definitely not going to be the Bandai Namco remaster. What do you think the Bandai Namco remaster is? I mean, I would say my pipe dream is Kid Icarus Uprising. My, what, what does your gut say? My gut says man i mean it could be anything right like that's the problem is it could be anything could from be the, nintendo's 3d yeah generation of games right i don't think it's kid icarus um i mean there's so many games i would love for it to be i mean i would love for them to revisit 3d like there's just so many games from the GameCube era, as we kind of, you know, discussed already. It's probably Pac-Man. Let's be honest. Oh, God. It's probably Pac-Man. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. I think, I mean, like Kid Icarus, I think, would get the most hype reaction from people, I know which would be ironic because no one bought the game. I know there's talk about Star Fox 
I would love Star Fox Zero. Oh, I would love Star Fox Zero as well. Love for them to, you know, reconfigure those controls and make them work on a single system yeah. without the gamepad. What if because they did Sin and Punishment? Yeah. It'd be pretty cool. You know, if they did Sin and Punishment 2, the game nobody bought on the Wii. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that would be Star Successor. Awesome. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like offered for free at like five belows. So you could walk in, they just give you a copy. The game was amazing. Nobody bought it. There's just there's so many games they could do. But the fact that they are just doing the hiring now, yeah. Kind of makes me wonder when we would actually see this game. Right. If it's a small tier project, maybe two years. If it's a bigger tier project, we're probably looking three, maybe four years. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I would definitely stake everything on it not being lost reavers or devil's third two yeah i would agree (laughs) then had a two dollar donation from zintz he writes hello nate and mvg thanks for all the great content love how nate brings always great information and discussion and mvg's videos as a software developer myself would love to know more about Nate's Portuguese roots and if he has ever visited Porto. I have not. And my father was from the Azores, from Sao Miguel. So I am Azorean Portuguese. And growing up and going to a school with a lot of Portuguese individuals, I was always told that I was not true Portuguese because I was Azorean and only mainlanders counted as Portuguese. But one day I do hope to go to Sao Miguel and explore the Azores and visit all the islands like Fial and such. But I know there's like a volcano erupting out in the Azores or has been bubbling up in the last few months. So I might wait a bit. Then had a $3 donation from Jared Helder. Right, Zelda Breath of the Wild was technically a Wii U game with the Sheikah slate mimicking the gamepad and the menu system clearly made with the gamepad in mind. How might the sequel be designed around the Switch's capabilities? Well, hopefully we get HD Rumble in this game since Breath of the Wild didn't have HD Rumble when it launched because it was a Wii U game. Otherwise, I guess there's really not much else they could do. They could do some gyro support. I believe it already had that. I think they would probably add gyro plus HD Rumble. But yeah, I mean... There is, I guess, you know, something more traditional in terms of controls and and, and things. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't really expect anything to be, you know, revolutionary as far as the game. You know, I think it's just going to be a really great sequel to The Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. And had a dollar donation from Jackie G who writes, will we ever see a Resident Evil 1 remake in the style of Resident Evil 2 and 3? I'd love that. See, Resident Evil HD or Resident Evil Remake is still just like the pinnacle yeah. of Resident Evil 1 for me. I just don't see how they could make that game any better than they did back on the GameCube. <laughs> yeah. Not even with the RE engine? Give it that remake style? But would you give it... Would you get rid of tank controls and yeah i know what you're saying because that that made the atmosphere of that game and if you give it 
modern controls, yeah. it would lose that sense of tension because the tension of Resident Evil 1 was from being panicked. Yeah. It was, oh no, I don't have ammo. I can't yeah. maneuver. It's definitely, to, yeah. It'll definitely be a different different vibe to it. Hmm. I, I could That's, see I, both games can coexist, though, but I know what you're saying. It's it's a harder sell for Resident Evil yes. One, given mm-hmm. the fact that it's already been redone before, and that version is like you said, it's it's amazing. The one game they should redo in the style of Resident Evil Two and Three, and I don't know why they're not doing it, is Code Veronica. Yes, that would actually be God. terrific. I think that would get more people to embrace that game as well, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah. Code Veronica is a fantastic game. It's just, I mean, it launched on the Dreamcast. It sold well. Then it came to the PlayStation 2. But it's because they called it Code Veronica. It wasn't right. Resident Evil 4. So it didn't get the attention because it felt as though it was a spinoff. Despite it being a mainline entry, it's the sequel to Resident Evil 2. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He continues the story of Wesker and Claire and Chris and so few have played the game and if they would have given it a true remake like two and three instead of doing the resident evil 4 remake it should have been code veronica first because that's the title people need to play i agree capcom messed that up (laughs) then had a ten dollar donation from lasagna cat i guess it's garfield (laughs) he writes thanks guys for always delivering quality content my question for you guys is what games have you played that were way better than they should have been? For me, it's Simpsons Hit and Run. Remaster it, cowards. Keep up the great content as always. That's a good pick. I like Simpsons Hit and Run, and yes, that would be great for a remaster. I don't know if that'll happen given licensing issues and stuff like that, but it would be pretty cool. Um, what do you got, Nate? I, I got to think about this one a bit. I'm not sure yet. My immediate thought was binary domain yeah yeah that game is way better than it has any right being yeah i is it is it kind of cliche or cheating to say god hand because everyone hated god hand but god hand is a masterpiece i love that game so much it's a little cliche because mm. it seems like a lot of go-tos for yeah. people yeah i know ign kind of trashed the game whatever but <laughs> I've always really enjoyed God Hand, and I some I just don't feel like it got a fair shake, you know, when it came out at the time. I'm trying to think of it as any other. Because hmm. there are definitely games I play that got like trashed in reviews. I was like, this game's awesome. Well, like, another game, game that I, I know we're, we were talking about Resident Evil before. Another game hmm? that I really enjoyed. Even knowing that it had limitations was Resident Evil 3 Remake, which is kind of a game that has grown on me a lot. I know that it's um, it's got some gameplay mechanic issues. It's also mm-hmm. missing some parts of the game. But there's something about that game that I just really, really like. It's the interesting thing with Resident Evil Remake is that if you just view it as its own game in a vacuum, it's a good game. Yeah. It's just when you compare it to the original and you notice the missing content and encounters, 
that you see its shortcomings. But right. I enjoyed my time with Resident Evil 3 Remake. I mean, I bought it for $20. But, I mean, I don't regret the seven hours I spent in that world. It was a well-made game. Yeah. Then had a $2 donation from Baron. Right. Hello, gentlemen. If you had to make a guess about the next Nintendo console, would you choose an entirely new next-gen console or just the next Switch rotation? I imagine something like 3DS to new 3DS for the latter. Thank you for the show. You rock. I think it's a revision. Yeah, in terms of the next hardware that we will see from Nintendo in terms of being brought to market, I would expect that the Switch that Bloomberg has reported that I had discussed with DLSS functionality is going to be similar to like the 3DS to a new 3DS, which would be a revision. Now, hardware after that, whenever it may be, I could see Nintendo doing a brand new concept right, and not following the Switch idea. I think they would introduce something brand new and different from the Switch. But in terms of what will come to the market next, I think it will be a revision and continuation of the Switch idea. Then had a dollar and 31 cent donation from Dimp. Right. Hey, Nate and MVG, love the show. I want to ask if you had any insider knowledge of Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series prior to its announcement. I'm curious as to how long it's actually been in development. Thank you very much and keep up the good work. I have no knowledge of of anything that's been going on there, Nate. Do do you know anything? The only thing I knew of Klonoa was based on the copyright that took place, I believe, a year prior to announcement. Yeah, yeah, I do recall that. But otherwise, it didn't have any direct knowledge of a title being in active development. Yeah, and that doesn't imply that that's when the development started, right? I mean, they could have already started development on that game and then gotten the copyrights for it updated Mm -hmm. i would estimate this game definitely i would say less than three years but more than two Mm -hmm. yep but people better buy this game (laughs) if you don't buy the game you don't like video games i think people will buy this game (laughs) then had a three dollar donation you damn well better buy it (laughs) i'm gonna buy it i love clonoa then had a $3 donation from Achievement. All right, how did you, Nate, and MVG meet? Also, have you all ever worked to, on a gaming project together? Uh, so both of us are members of the Spawncast on Saturday nights, as you probably know. And I think, <laughs> I don't really remember how we got the podcast started. I think we, um, we, were, we were kind of toying with the idea of doing it for a while, but I don't, I don't really remember how we decided to-, to do it. I think we were debating in a slight way the console wars, and I kept saying console wars are over. Oh, you yeah. Were adamant that they were not. That's right. I remember this now. Yes. <laughs> and then we were like, you know what? Screw it. We'll record on this channel. <laughs> That's right. We did. And it kind of just went from there. Yeah. We were having the real discussions. Yeah. <laughs> and we haven't worked on a gaming project together. Or have we? Mm-hmm. We haven't. <laughs> <laughs> then had a $3 donation from Mr. Miyagi. Right? Maybe it's because I suck. 
what? Maybe it's because I suck turn-based strategy games. Oh, because I suck at turn-based strategy games. But I was underwhelmed about Mario and Rabbids potentially being Nintendo's holiday title instead of Breath of the Wild 2. I was hoping a new 3D Mario would be announced. Also, any non-Nate the Hate video game podcasts you enjoy. I mean, I wouldn't say it's impossible for a 3D Mario or even a 2D Mario game to be announced for this year. I mean, Nintendo definitely still has announcements for games coming this year to make. And, you know, we can look to Nintendo's usual June Direct for answers to those questions. And, you know, possibly even as late as a September Direct, because Nintendo does like to keep certain releases close to their chest. And you can look back to 2017. We had Mario Rabbids 2 come out in August and Mario Odyssey came out in October. So there's definitely no reason for a, you know, a brand new 3D or 2D Mario can't come out this year in close proximity to Mario Rabbids 2. I occasionally do tune into Jeff Grubb and Mike Minotti's Last of the Nintendogs. Uh, other than that, I don't really listen to too many podcasts. Yeah, I'm. I listen to the occasional podcast. I do listen to uh, Grubbs podcast occasionally. Um, Rand and Jez's Xbox Two. I catch sometimes mm-hmm. on a Saturday when I'm outside doing some gardening or something. Um, but other than that, yeah, I don't really listen to much. Then had a five dollar donation from Foul Tarnished. Writes with Xenoblade 3 coming in July. Could you give us your release predictions for Nintendo's second half of 2022? I'm specifically interested in when you think Wind Waker could release if we are getting it this year. Thanks. Um, I mean, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, however they decide to release those games. For the sake of your question, we'll just say Wind Waker. I could easily see that being placed in September, maybe anytime between August and October. Mm-hmm. That would be my expectation for that type of release. You th- so you think Bayonetta is Halloween, right? I think Bayonetta would be October. Yeah. The earliest I would plot Bayonetta 3 would be late September. Maybe where Xenoblade Chronicles 3 was originally slated, like that final week of September. But I think Bayonetta is a better position for October just because of the Halloween vibe and she's a witch. Kind of how everyone anticipates it. Then had a dollar donation from Jackie G. All right, bonus question for you gentlemen. If Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD release as a double pack, does that at all devalue a Metroid Prime remaster? Not at all. I don't think so. To, I mean, I would view it more as Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD are more than likely just straight ports from the Wii U. Not going to have really any substantial work done to them. Whereas Metroid Prime remaster would be like how those games were introduced on the Wii U. It's going to have substantial work new textures, enhanced visuals. So a full price release, I think, would be justified in that case. Then had a dollar donation from Joker Juke. 
writes, hey guys, love the content. It really makes doing work fly by. I was wondering if there was any chance of Fortune Street on Switch. The Wii game is my favorite multiplayer game, and I would love to see either a port or sequel at some point. Thanks so much. No chance. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I don't think Fortune Street's going to be coming back on the Switch. They... It was a fantastic game on the Wii, though. It was a great game. I just, I don't think it's happening on the Switch. No, Nintendo's focus is kind of on Mario Party again. They're finding a lot of success with that. And Fortune Street is just kind of an obscure name and doesn't really have much brand recognition. Then we had a follow-up question from Joker Juke with a dollar and writes question number two. For the NSO apps, do you think we will ever be able to remove the checkerboard border? For me, it is the number one thing I dislike about the apps as they ruin the immersion. Man. I especially just feel I especially feel just black borders would be great on the OLED. Yes, uh, I hope so. This is something that a lot of people have asked for since the beginning of the NSO. And every time there's a new update, people like, why haven't you removed the borders? Removing <laughs> the borders probably, and I'm not exaggerating, is like a one-line code change they could just add where they could just have a toggle. And, you know, a lot of people don't like having borders on old retro games because, yeah, it it's not great on the OLED screen. You know, having that mm-hmm. non-static, well, having that static kind of background introduces things like burn-in or potentially could kind of mess up, you know, your display depending on which what kind of display you have. So a lot of gamers just prefer to have just a black border where there's no color at all. In fact, if you have the OLED, then, you know, you get that deep black image, right? So all you all you focus on is the game. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really know why they haven't removed it. I would hope that they are looking to do so. It, there's no real reason why they haven't. And yet here we are. So you know, it's it's up there with themes and folders, even though we, we kind of got folders recently. So maybe yeah. we'll see it, you know, sometime in 2024. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. It took five years of folders. <laughs> and then had a dollar donation from Joker Juke, where it's finally a message for MVG. Link's crossbow training is a god-tier game. <laughs> I still play it to this day and have recently acquired the world high score on the final level. Wow. When it comes packed in with Twilight Princess HD, I expect a video. All right. If there is crossbow training <laughs> packed in, I'll make a video. You got it. <laughs> then had a $4.80 donation from Matanume, who writes, With regards of Smash Brothers, Will we ever see a massive crossover where one can control a character and all of their traits and interact with other characters have such success? Many seem to try, but nothing seems to quite get the impact the Smash series does. Probably not. I mean, Nintendo has the most iconic characters in really gaming, so I don't think there's anything that could really replicate that level of success elsewhere in the industry. Sony tried with PlayStation All-Stars. They somehow didn't even get cloud in the game. And no one really had that much interest of being Kratos and beating the crap out of Sackboy. Right. 
and Microsoft's iconic characters are a car, Master Chief. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then had a five dollar donation from Andrew Davis. Writes, hey guys, Jesus loves you and thanks for the podcast. Since it's slightly related to Game Boy Advance NSO, do you think it's likely that Nintendo could be working on rebooting Golden Sun RF Zero in the same way as Advance Wars, Metroid, and Famicom Detective Club? I wouldn't say it's impossible, but Golden Sun, maybe, maybe. I don't think F-Zero would be a part of their plans. F-Zero is kind of a case of they need to find a developer who can do F-Zero justice and Nintendo isn't really sure what to do with F-Zero. Right. Even though the answer is right in front of them, HD F-Zero GX. (laughs) Golden Sun, I guess it would just be a matter of if Camelot can create a good pitch for Nintendo to green light, then Golden Sun could come back. But after how horrifically Golden Sun on the DS performed, Nintendo's probably not that anxious in returning to Golden Sun in the immediate future. Yes. But the sun may rise again someday. Then had a $2 donation from Dino Bites. All right, Nintendo has failed the Donkey Kong and Star Fox IPs. Historic franchises with no new presence on Switch. Star Fox could be an epic adventure, third-person game, and Donkey Kong 64 needs a spiritual successor. Sad to see Nintendo ignore some of its biggest IP. I mean, you're not wrong. Star Fox, Nintendo simply doesn't know what to do with Star Fox right now, and Donkey Kong, we did have Tropical Freeze on the Switch, which is still one of the finest 2D platforming games ever made. Hopefully they do something with Donkey Kong soon. Then had a $1.42 donation from Midnight. Writes Nate, you mentioned Smash should be rebooted. In your opinion, what would that look like? Brand new moves for all characters, 3D fighting a la Power Stone? A reboot means something significant would have to change. And I'm not sure fans want that. I would reboot it in a way of you minimize the roster go back to the fundamentals and you really decide on, is this a party game? Is this a fighting game? Is it going to be a hybrid of the two, which you kind of see what smash brothers is now do some new characters, maybe go that style similar to power stone. I think there's a lot of avenues that they could potentially explore for a new smash brothers, but with smash brothers ultimate is just really hard to grow on this. Mm-hmm. And you're never going to get this type of character roster built again especially with all the third party licensing so something new has to happen with smash and i think a reboot is the direction for them to consider and it also gives them a new direction for the inevitable day that sakurai does step away from smash brothers and nintendo wants to continue the franchise they have to reinvent the franchise in their vision and not strictly sakurai's yep well said then had a $2 donation from Penguin Fun. NFTs, ads, streaming, microtransactions, FTP, live service. I'm sorry, but the future of gaming is looking more dire than ever. Game companies have all the, con- all the control over the product, 
and new trends will slowly rot the game experience for users. Thoughts? Um, this is a very deep and complex topic to kind of cover, excuse me, at the end of the show. But I think, for at least for now, we'll say, game publishers, game developers, even though they're they are, I, I will, I will say, looking into the NFT space. I mean, let's be let's be very clear. I think EA, Ubisoft, Activision, all of them are, have looked into NFTs. They're probably still looking into it, trying to figure out how they can incorporate them into gaming. I think at this point, they haven't really come up with come up with much of anything. You know, there's still a lot of pushback when it comes to it. There's still a lot of hesitation. There is a lot of public outcry about bringing them in. So I'll, I'll say for now, we're okay. And when I say, when I mean for now, I mean the next couple of years. Now, again, things may change and I hope they don't. But, you know, we always have to remember, you know, what makes a great video game. And I think we've seen so many good examples over the last, you know, couple of years where it's not about, necessarily about that live service game with microtransactions, you know. Single player experiences are very compelling. We've seen Elden Ring that is completely sweeping the world right now as far as what you can do with a single player game. And Sony will continue to give us those great single player narrative driven games as well. So I think NFTs while I don't want to say won't ever be a thing in gaming, I think for for the moment, for the time being, we're okay. But, you know, maybe we should revisit this topic, you know, a year from now. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, NFT is like a trend right now, but as we see with trends, trends can die. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to really see the future of NFTs, but in-game ads, streaming, microtransactions, free-to-play games, live service games, those are going to remain a prevalent thing in the industry because they are profitable for publishers and it's something that they're always going to pursue because at the end of the day, they are a business and their goal is to make money. Then had a $5.50 donation from Surfside. Said, what is your best guess as to when the next 3D Mario game will release? December makes sense to coincide with the movie. And do you think it will be Odyssey 2 or a new game completely? Do you think Nintendo keeps it open or returns to a linear style? I mean, I would say this year would be the earliest we see from a 3D Mario game. It has been five years since Super Mario Odyssey released, so it would trend with typical development time of a new entry even though the movie has been delayed which appears to be more of a schedule reshuffling for universal i don't think nintendo would delay the game if their intent was to have a 3d mario game out this holiday they wouldn't hold it back until april of next year just to have it alongside the movie Uh, i think it would be an odyssey 2 and i could see them open it up a little more than we have typically seen kind of something maybe similar to what we saw at Bowser's Fury, but you know, I would certainly welcome in the traditional linear style as well, whatever suits the game in the best fashion. Yep. Then had a dollar donation from Cypress FX. Right. Hey guys, one. 
will there be a real Super Mario game, <laughs> since the movie is also 2022, to launch alongside the Switch 4K in late 2022, now that Zelda was pushed? Question two. Is a Metroid remake strong enough to carry a launch? And question three. Star Wars games on NSO. NES, N64? Um, well, the NSO Star Wars games, I mean, is he asking whether we'll see them or which ones do we want to see? Uh, I think whether we'll see them. I think Disney has their own plans for the Star Wars games, so I I would be surprised if we did see them on NSO. You know, Aspire has been working on on some of those games. Yeah, yeah, I I think Disney is kind of shopping shopping around for for other kind of third party developers to work on those games for them. <laughs> uh, I mean, is Metroid is a Metroid remake strong enough to carry a launch of hardware? Probably not. Um, whether or not we see, you know, a real Super Mario game launch alongside the Switch 4K in late 2022 due to Zelda being pushed. If we get a Mario game this year, it would have likely have been slated this year, regardless of right. Zelda being pushed. So, you know, we'll see if Mario's in the cards and Nintendo's maybe their next direct. Maybe. <laughs> then had a dollar donation from Zeebs. Right, your top three games for the Nintendo Switch. It will become the best-selling video game system ever. A little bet. Top three games. Top three. Ooh. Breath of the Wild is definitely one of them for me. Yeah. There's so many Maybe. great games. It's hard yeah. to just to, to add add another two to the list. Maybe Metroid Dread. I would probably put Metroid Dread as number three. For number two, Mm. I really, really liked Mario Odyssey. And I think I'm going to add Mario Odyssey as as my number two. That could change. Yeah, Yeah, it's tough to come up with three. Breath of the Wild is definitely a lock for me. Yeah, definitely Breath of the Wild. Man, it's hard to like. I would consider putting Arms up there because I mm-hmm. really liked Arms. Yep. Probably would put Dread. It's tough to be yeah. come up with three because there's definitely a lot of games to choose from. As for do you think it will become the best selling video game system ever? Well. It really depends on what we mean by the Switch, you know. (laughs) But I'm going to say the best-selling system ever in terms of just number of units. I think think the PlayStation 2 will retain the crown. See, it's... I hate to even use it as a pivot or a caveat... But the industry has changed really since the PS2 in terms of how we view hardware. Because look at the Switch itself. We have Switch, Switch Lite, Switch V2, Switch OLED. We have four revisions. 
PlayStation 2 had one. Mm-hmm. It was the PS2 and then the PS2 Slim. Right. And we didn't have these revisions and variations of the SKU where we had, you know, here's the affordable model with less features versus there's the higher tier model. And it's not to say like that's why the Switch will pass the PS2 because it has, you know, five revisions on the market. It's just we don't have the same trend of a console generation as we used to. It's just a different market now. I mean, the Switch is going to come close to the PS2 numbers. It's going to come close to the DS numbers. It really comes down to how they position the DLSS system. That's going to be the determining factor. And the final question for this week came from Arcyon, who donated $5 and writes, Greetings. Did either of you play Heroes of Might and Magic 3 back in the day? It is still such a fun game to play. How likely do you think it is that Ubisoft will release a new entry? If they don't plan on making one, why not sell the rights? Thanks. I never played that game. I did play the game back in the day. I enjoyed it. There is zero chance we'll see that game ever return. (laughs) Damn. I'm just being honest, Nate. It's hard to let people down gently sometimes. So you think Ubisoft should sell the rights? Yeah, I think they should. But the the problem is to who and then for how much and and how much do you think this is actually worth? Look, I think it's a great game. It's a great series. But it's also one of those games that I feel like has just been lost, you know, in time. It'd be very, very difficult to to revive in this day and age. Mm Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. I mean, Ubisoft may still view it as having value, just not enough value for them to invest in a new entry. But that is the final Streamlabs question of this week. If you'd like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link in the description below. Donate any dollar amount, ask a question, we will do we will answer your question at the end of the episode. Donate one hundred dollars or more, we will dedicate the episode to you. Be sure to leave your thoughts on the comment section below on today's topic, which was the Game Boy Advance leaked emulator and whether or not you think Game Boy Advance will be added to NSO later this year or if Nintendo will hold it to a later time. And if you think Game Boy Advance will be added to the expansion pack or the base tier of NSO, I'd like to thank MVG for joining me as always. Always a pleasure, Knight. Thanks for having me on. And until next time, continue to embrace the hate.